podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketball's coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for a Q&A show. Asked for questions after the Big 12 championship game, you guys delivered. Before we get into the, to the questions, I'm cracking open a tasty IPA from Manhattan Brewing Company. It is a delicious beer, and if you haven't tried it, you need to get down to Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan, right down there on points in beautiful downtown Manhattan, and get some of their beer fresh from the tap, take some four-packs to go, get some Crowlers, and then the next time you're in your local liquor store, if they don't have Manhattan Brewing Company beer in their craft beer section, you tell them they are crazy. Make it happen. All right, we have a lot of questions um, we're going to have to buzz through some of them. Uh, we had over 40 tweets sent in, some of them with multiple questions. I barely have my voice. Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, but let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. The first one comes from C underscore NRAD, Conrad, 3ma2. Well, first off, the uh, when we won a uh, won the title back in 2013 or 2003, I think we won the volleyball and women's basketball Big 12 titles. 2012, obviously football, men's basketball, and baseball. Uh, so there is a pattern. Um, I don't think so. Uh, the Big 12 women's basketball. As big as that win was versus Iowa, um, I don't think we're going to win that. Um, we're not going to win the men's basketball. Um, not going to win baseball. I'm not sure where we could get to three. Maybe women's track and field, men's track and field, one of those two. Maybe uh, we, we do okay with those because of how dominant we are in the high jump and some of the field events. Um I don't see it happening. I think, sadly, this will be the only one. Let's get to Bob Trollsby next. Is Will Howard the preseason first team all Big 12 next year? Well, there's only first team. So there is no like preseason second team or anything like that for football. But no, uh, he will not. Um, I'm sure there will be some folks who vote for him. Uh, but 
you got to think that there might be some transfers who come in, some big-time transfers. Um, the Texas contingency, they always vote in those polls. Ha- most of K-State's media contingency that goes down to media days, they don't vote in those. All of Texas ones do. So I'm sure if Quinn Ewers is starting, I'm sure he's going to um, – be the preseason first team all uh, Big 12 quarterback. And again, this isn't to shit on Will Howard um, at all. I'm not trying to take away from anything. But if you look at the last handful of games, 18 of 32 for under 200 yards passing in the Big 12 championship game versus KU, 11 of 21 for 213. Uh, he didn't even have a passing. Uh, he, he didn't even have a passing yard in the second half. Baylor, 19 of 27, under 200 yards. Uh, had a great game versus West Virginia. Had a great game versus Oklahoma State. I'm not trying to take away from any, any anything from him. But he did... Eh, actually, well, maybe he will. I mean, I, I think it's going to be Quinn Ewers. I think it's going to be Quinn Ewers. Um, but I'll say this. If, if he would have blown up, if he would have had like 300 yards passing and like 70, like a completion percentage of like 70% in this Big 12 championship game, and then goes out and has a great bowl game versus Alabama, then yeah, maybe. Um, but I think it's going to be Quinn Ewers, mainly because of who votes in it. There's going to be a lot of hype. And the Will Howard story is a good one. He's getting a lot of love. Um, but I, I just don't see that being the case. Um, you're, you're also going to have uh, some of the votes, especially regionally. If anyone's voting regionally that isn't part of the K-State contingent, they're probably going to vote for Jalen Daniels as well. Um, so I, I just I just don't see Dylan Gabriel's going to be back. Um, I don't see it happening. I worry more about postseason awards, though. So hopefully, hopefully Will Howard's a first-team quarterback postseason next year. Let's go to Rocco. If we get some good transfers in and some players like Deuce run it back for another year, could we be the favorite to be the Big 12 and a dark horse for the Natty next year? No. No. We There's no world. Like, even if Deuce comes back, even if we get some big-time transfers, um, the way the betting markets work, no. We will not be the favorites to win the Big 12. And I'll touch on this. There's some questions later on um, uh, in the podcast about national titles. Um, we're K-State, and I hate I hate that you know I'm starting so negative in this Q&A show, but K-State is never going to compete for a national title in football unless some things drastically change, which I don't I don't think they will, and that's okay. Guys, it is okay to love seasons like we just had. And it's going to be okay to get in the playoff and, you know, when it expands to 12 teams. And, it's, and, and not winning a national title isn't going to take away from how fun and how great these seasons are. But no, there's no world in which next year K State is going to be considered a dark horse to win the national title. Uh, but this is a this is a fun question. Joel Anderson, King Joel, are we the premier football player or football power in the new Big Twelve? Here's the thing. Now, this is a question I can get behind. This is a question that I like. This is a question where I do get to put on. Oh man, the super positive 
uh, hat, the fan hat, because I do. I think K-State is the new power in the Big 12, football power in the Big 12, and this is why. This is why. K-State, in the Chris Kleiman era, has shown he can do it in all the ways you need to. Chris Kleiman has improved our recruiting profile well beyond anything Bill Snyder was doing. He has been lethal in the transfer portal. Every single year, he has brought in transfers that have then gone on to be all Big 12. He's developing players. He took on Felix Anudike Uzama, who is not going to play college football at all. He was just going to be a student at Mizzou, and it has turned him into a first-round draft pick. He took a two-star defensive lineman in Cooper Beebe and turned him into the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year. He took Deuce Vaughn, who, he was a three-star. He had Arkansas. He had a handful of Power 5 offers, but has turned him into a consensus All-American. You know, he has increased the recruiting floor. He has increased the recruiting ceiling. He has been just great in the portal and we've seen how great they can develop it there is no other football program that has shown that in the new big 12 nobody chris Kleiman also is now because again what outside of gundy and matt campbell matt campbell is showing his ass weekend and week out we all have seen that 2020 was the anomaly for Matt Campbell. He's nowhere near the best coach in the conference. The game is passing Gundy by. Sonny Dykes had a great year, and I think he's the Big 12 coach of the year. But again, let's see what happens when he has to recruit and develop his own players, when he has to work the portal and do everything his own way. He literally just took a Gary Patterson team. He has next to no fingerprints on the actual roster. And he went crazy. Let's see what he can actually do. I don't think Texas Tech, I mean, they'll improve, but it's not going to be them. And it's not going to be any of the newcomers. It's definitely not going to be any of the newcomers. So I see no reason why in the new Big 12, you can't just straight up pencil us in to be at the top of it or be a contender for Arlington year in, year out. So yeah, I, I do agree with that. And, I, and I, I understand that probably contradicts a little bit of, oh, are we going to be the favorites to win the Big 12 next year if the portal goes well and Deuce comes back, all this type of stuff. Um, I think that Texas is going to be the favorite next year. Again, that's just how it works. That's just how it works. And hell, let, let's let's just call a spade a spade. Texas is has a very good team this year. A very good team this year. And TCU had a good t- good good team this year as well. I and you know the the betting markets. If you're talking about betting markets, I'm sure everyone's going to think Oklahoma is going to improve and all that type of stuff as well. Um, but I do think in the new Big Twelve, we are going to be you know n- w- number one or one A one B when you're talking about the football powers of the new conference. Catsman fifteen. What positions? Uh, do, do I think we need to be in the market uh, transfer-wise for next year? Um, literally every single position. Uh, the portal opened today. Nothing too crazy has happened so far. Jaron Lewis, TJ Smith, 
uh, Kamari Gainis, Connor Fox uh, at time of recording. I'm sure some more will get in there, but there isn't a single position outside of quarterback uh, that you you wouldn't take a transfer. I'm still working under the assumption that Deuce Vaughn is going to go to the NFL. So if you can get a surefire thousand yard rusher, you take a running back. Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, Cade Warner, your three starting wide receivers. In most games, the only three wide receivers who played almost all season until, you know, the Big 12 championship game, the only three wide receivers who contribute, all three of them are seniors. Cade Warner can't come back. I don't think Malik Knowles is going to come back. Maybe Phillip Brooks does. but I don't know. So you definitely need a wide receiver. Um, Sammy Wheeler's gone, so that tradi- more traditional, taller tight end. And we like to go too tight so like so often. So, of course, you take another tight end. There's a chance you lose four of your five starters on the offensive line. So, of course, you'll take an offensive lineman. Um, chances are you're losing two of your top four defensive ends. Felix going pro, Jalen Pickle. Um He's a senior. You're losing your uh, you're losing Eli Huggins. You're losing D Hent, so you're losing your top two defensive tackles. You're probably losing Daniel Green. I, in theory, he could still come back. I don't see it. You're uh, losing Nick Allen, so you're losing two of your top three, uh, you know, traditional linebackers. You're losing two of your three starting safeties, and you're probably losing. Uh, two of your, both of your starting corners. I guess Echo could come back. I mean, we are losing a lot of guys. And it's a good thing. Because sprinkled in there are maybe three to four guys who are going in the NFL draft early. Uh, you, you have a couple other draft picks. I could see between five and seven draft picks from K-State this season. And that's a good thing. But again, we're losing a lot. So you're going to have to, I mean, in the transfer portal, you're going to have to be bringing in four to five defensive backs at least. You know, you're going to have to bring in one or two, maybe two to three skill players on offense to catch and run the ball. You're going to, if a defensive end, if a rush defensive end presents itself, you want to go after that. So there isn't a position in the uh, in the portal that you would turn away. You're going to want to grab, you know, close to 15 guys, especially since the counter rules are gone. You're going to grab 15 guys and they're going to be sprinkled throughout the entire, you know, 22 to 24 man, you know, positions. Uh Kale asks Lavender primary win never we will never have a football primary uh, jersey that is lavender. If he's talking about basketball, I'd be all for uh, making lavender the primary away jersey for basketball. I'd be fine with that. Uh, Kale uh, asked that first down uh, to the sideline on possession one was elite. Yeah, that was a great route. That was a great first down. I still haven't gotten back to watch the entire game. But again, that was a great play call. It was a great pitch and catch. Great execution. 
K-State KC, is K-State primed for success in the new 12-team playoff format? Every system from BCS to current CFP seem to work against K-State, but Cats potentially have automatic bid and buy uh, in the new format. Consider Clyman's experience in the FCS playoffs too. Um, So first off, I actually think we would not have a buy. Utah jumped us. Um, and Clemson stayed in front of us. So we would not have a bye. Georgia would be number one. Michigan would be number two. Clemson would be three. Utah would be four. It would be K-State playing Tulane in Manhattan uh, to open up the uh, playoff, and we would be playing uh, we'd be playing Utah in the second round. So we would not have a bye. Um, this is what I'm going to say. And again, we get a, there's a couple of these questions, and I understand how excited everyone is. But if you're talking about uh, success in the fact that you make it to it, like, yes, we never made the BCS championship game. We aren't going to make the four-team college football playoff. Then, yes, being able to say you're in the tournament, the 12-team playoff, will uh, benefit K-State more. But if you're truly talking about winning a national title, no, it does not. Because for us to win a national title in the modern era of college football, or post-millennium college football, the time we came closest was 2012. And that was a team who really didn't have much of a chance. If you go back and watch that Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon, we really weren't ever truly in that game. You know, it was close at a couple times. We had a missed field goal. Things go this way, go that way. It could have been close. We were not beating that Oregon team. And we would have won a national title that year for one reason. Lightning was caught in a bottle and we were going to get to play a horrible Notre Dame team in the national title. Would have smoked them. You don't get to get lucky in a 12-team playoff. I see no reason why we couldn't make it to the semifinals. But in this new format, you're going to you can't just get lucky and then have one great game. Or get lucky and play a team that shouldn't be there. That year, you could have made an argument that there was like maybe five or six teams better than Notre Dame. And Notre Dame was number one going into that championship game. There is You, you don't get to catch lightning in a bottle in a 12-team playoff. You don't. And I, I know we're all excited, but Georgia... I mean, folks... If you look at the quality of coaching at Georgia and then the next level of player, we're not at that level. And I don't think we ever will. And that's okay. Guys, I, I, I've said it a lot. I I I want to win the Big 12. I don't I don't care who's in the conference. I want to win the conference. And if we have one of these special seasons, if we can catch lightning in a bottle, if all of a sudden we start recruiting, you know, at 
you know, in the top 20 instead of the top 50. I mean, we, we, we're not even in the top 40 right now. This is a one of the best recruiting classes K-State has had, again, in the modern era, the post-millennium college football world. You know, the, the, one, the best recruiting class, you know, since Ron Prince with a competent coaching staff, yes, but we're not even going to be in the top 40. I know we all love the underdogs, and and we can. We, you can win the Big Twelve. I think we can have undefeated seasons. I think we can have top four, you know, finishes and win the conference and get buys. I think we can do all that. But to win a national title, you're not. You're you're gonna have to play three or four or two or three, three or four, whatever teams that have great coaching that have great talent. And I I just don't see it happening. And I don't really want to worry about that. You know, college football, until something changes, in, in the modern era, the blue chip ratio, I know everyone hates talking about, but again, and it's not going to change this year. Georgia's going to win the national title. Unless you have... I think it's over 50% of your roster being four or five stars. It's no one's won the national title since this has been tracked. And I don't think the 12 team playoff is going to open up to that. And I'm just not worried about it guys. And and I, I hate, I hate that. uh, I, I I hate that I have to be negative coming off a big 12 championship, but I mean, does anyone truth again? We're better than TCU. We are better than TCU. They went undefeated. They're number three seed in the playoff, all this type of stuff. Does anyone truthfully think they have a shot at winning the national title this year? In in a 12-team playoff, does anyone truthfully, if you give truth serum, does anyone really think that 2012 team would have won the national title? I'd love to be like, oh yeah, it can have, you know, anything can happen. But you know, as things are currently constructed, I I just don't see it happening, and, and that doesn't bother me. Again, I've talked about this a million times. Uh, college football is great, not because of the national title race or anything. It's the greatest sport in the world uh, because up until you know, 20 years ago, there was so much coverage on things that weren't completely focused on the national title. Um, so I, I I, couldn't care less. If, if we're ever in the playoff, and, and we will be, and, if we, and if, if we catch lightning in a bottle, I would, I would love for folks to kind of clip this and say, hey, Scott, see, you're wrong. All this type of stuff, and I'll be going wild. It'll be the greatest ride of all time. Um, but I, it's just not something I'm gonna give much thought to at all. But hey, you, you know, ho- hopefully we can clip this in a few years and laugh about how wrong I am. Uh, next, let's go to Nebraska Cat, who I did meet at the Big Twelve Championship game. It was awesome. What kind of contract extension is Coach Kleiman going to get this offseason? And are Coach Klein and Klanderman getting new contracts as well? Um, 
Numbers wise, I I don't know. I mean, I I think probably get around five, five and a half, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I don't know what mo- what's motivating Chris Kleiman. You know, is he motivated about getting a massive payday? Is he motivated about getting more money, not just for his coaching pool, but for analysts, more analysts, more recruiting staffers, uh, all that type of stuff? I'm not sure what motivates him. Um, I'm sure he will get, you know. A, a nice little raise. Hopefully, his buyout goes up. Um, but he, I mean, he just racked up quite. A, I mean, I think he, he's racked up close to half a million in bonuses this year. Uh, so that ain't bad. I think you'll see raises for Colin Klein, Joe Klanderman. I, I think everyone is going to. All the assistant coaches are going to have raises going into next year. Is Colin Klein and Joe Klanderman are they going to be a million dollar coordinators? I don't think so. They'll probably get an extra hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Get kind of in that seven hundred, eight hundred thousand range. I think. I think they're both in the six hundred thousand dollar range right now. Um. So yeah, I, I I think you'll probably see the total salary pool amongst the twelve assistant coaches go up by a million bucks. I think uh, Chris Kleiman probably going to get an extra million bucks. So that's two million bucks. A year extra, and then hopefully uh, some more analyst positions, some more staffer positions, if that's what Chris Kleiman wants. Um, so I think everyone's going to see a nice little raise. Um, Ross, my guy Ross, uh, if you guys recall, he was on the band episode back in the summer of 2021. He asked, "What halftime shows would be at the top of your list?" If a donor bought the rights and arrangements for the band, um, I think he asked us because he and I always exchange some texts and make some jokes every time that the Lay Miz halftime show is done. Uh, if you want to go musicals, let's get like the Greatest Showman up in here. You know, how about some Greatest Showman? Um, how about uh, some of the Killers? I don't know if there's any marching band. Uh, arrangements for the killers so you know if you want musical uh greatest showman hamilton why not some hamilton there's three ideas for you i don't think anyone takes my thoughts on that very seriously mike smith how would you rank the k-state big 12 championship seasons 2003 2012 2022 uh this is a great question if you're talking about uh the the teams, like how would they face off versus each other? Um, I, I think 2003 would probably be the best of those teams, then 2012, then 2022. But if you're looking at the accomplishments, I mean, I mean, I think 20, I think this team has the chance again, it's going to come down to the bowl game, but. Right now, K-State has the the best win in all of college football. Right now, K-State has the best win of all of college football. No bad losses. I mean, the 2003 team, their losses were bad. Um, This year, I think you have, what, three top five wins? Or three top ten wins? You know, based on when you played teams. Um, So, that's pretty cool. 
Um, so the accomplishments could be the best this year. This year could be, especially if you beat Alabama, this will end up being on paper, accomplishment-wise, the greatest team K-State has ever had. And, and I'm not misspeaking. If you beat Alabama, you're going to end up being probably ranked six or seven, depending on how some other stuff goes. Highest, you know, postseason ranking, maybe of all time. 12 wins, I think it'll be the first time. Or, no, I guess it would only be 11 wins. That's wrong. But, yeah, I, I, I think I think it could end up going down on paper as being the best team. My enjoyment of them, I, I would go 2012, uh, 2022, then 03. You know, nothing beats the seasons when you were in college. Uh, this year, I just remember it a little bit more. I mean, I was... What, 11 or 12 years old for the 2003 season. Um, didn't get to go to a bunch of games that year. Uh, so, if you're talking about quality of team, if they were playing, like in a NCAA 14 simulation, I'd go 03, 12, 22. If you're talking about enjoyment of the season, 12, 22, 03. And if you're talking about on paper accomplishment, uh, you know, when you're looking at just, you know, the Wikipedia page, I think when it's all said and done, people are going to say 22 was the best season, uh, then 12, then 03. Uh, so there you have it. That's how I see it. Absolutely have loved this season. It, it probably has, it, this season probably is my third or fourth most favorite season of my life. Just such a fun season. How big will this victory and being conference champions uh, help K-State in the recruiting and transfer portal from Matt? Um, I think it's going to help out pretty big. If you look specifically at the transfer portal, you continue to see, if you're a transfer portal guy, you look in and see, oh, wow, you know, for... The majority of the season, for seven out of the 12 games, Adrian Martinez came in and, you know, he was playing at a Heisman-type level. Gets hurt, you know, it is what it is. If you look at, you know, on defense especially, especially on defense, you have transfers all throughout that secondary. And you say, oh, man, I can come in, I can play right away, I can make Big 12, all Big 12 teams, and then I can go get drafted in the NFL. Because we're about to have the, the second time that happens in the last two years with Julius Brents. You see a team that has a great culture, that has a lot of fun. Because that's the other thing. You, you can talk about how, oh yeah, the culture's good and you, you're just all buttoned up and the head coach is chomping on gum and all this type. Like, it can be an Iowa State type program and okay, fine, whatever you say, culture's good. But when you see these players on the field, when you see them on social media, you know, all the great videos at K-State Sports, they're having a fucking blast. I've never seen a college football team look like they're having more fun than this year's K-State Wildcat team. If you're a transfer who already went through, who's gone through college football, you know how tough it can be week in, week out. 
you know, you've gone through the recruiting process and heard all these coaches, you know, promise you the world and then you get there and then it is what it is. K-State coaches are going to tell you exactly what's up. You're going to be able to come in, compete, get on the field for a great team. You're going to contend for a conference title. You're going to showcase and have the chance to go to the next level. And you're going to have a fucking blast while doing it. I think it's going to help quite a bit. Uh, high school recruiting wise, I mean, I think this team, again, it, I, I don't want my earlier statements about trying to project out how K-State could be in the national championship talk. Like, I don't want people to take what I was saying earlier as me being pessimistic or anything like that because the recruiting, the high school recruiting ha- has taken a whole new level. It has taken a whole new jump. We have completely owned in-state recruiting in the best year ever for state of Kansas prospects. You know, we're still in on a handful of guys who are right there on that razor's edge of being four-star type guys, high school prospects that we're still going after that we have a shot at bringing home right before National Signing Day. There's still a couple guys that, you know, might flip before signing day. You know, I I think this is going to register with them. I think seeing these guys have fun and win a trophy does register. KC asks, how many K-State fans were there? On TV, it looked and sounded like K-State fans really showed up. I I mean, what? It it was 69,000. One of the best attended Big 12 championship game since it's come back. Um, credit to TCU fans. They showed up. K-State fans definitely showed up. I, I think it probably was 60-40 K-State fans. Maybe 55-45 K-State fans. Um, based on some of the videos I saw. Based on some of the broadcasts I have watched back. I think that's what it was. I think it was close to 50-50 with a slight edge to K-State. Um, I was right there. I had great seats. Um, so TCU fans were absolutely yelling right into my face. It, like, you know, being that close to the field, um, feeling all that noise projected at you. Um, really, you could really hear the TCU fans. But I tell you what, in those big moments, it was deafening. It was ear ringing uh, from K-State fans. So I, I think it was slight edge to K-State fans. Uh, so I, I think probably what we'll, we'll say 30,000, 32,000 K State fans, 28,000 uh, TCU fans, and probably like nine to ten thousand randos. I don't know if I don't know if that math works, but K State fans showed up, and again, you have K State fans uh, traveling from all across the nation. But again, that was in the same metro that their school existed exists in, and, and K State fans had it at worst 50-50. I I think that is a testament to K-State fans. And they showed up way better than I thought. I mean, people go back, listen uh, to what I was talking about uh, earlier uh, in the buildup. I was like, I don't know how many folks are going to show up. Um, But they showed up, and they were loud, and it was awesome. Um, Let's see, from Evan D. Shanelanelak. Not going to lie, I've been pretty nervous about next year with all the guys we're likely losing draft graduation. 
Does the play of Will Howard, DJ Giddens, Brendan Mott, etc., make you feel confident about next year? Here's the thing: in the in the transfer portal world, you're always going to have a ton of uh, a, a ton of you know turnover with your team. But you pointed it out. There are some guys who make you feel really good. I feel so much better, obviously, about Will Howard, Brendan Mott was a legitimate big-time player, and I think he's going to be an all-Big 12 player next year. You know, he might, I mean, heck, he might, I don't know if he's going to make a preseason team, but he's going to make a postseason award team next year. Um, I think DJ Giddens is the real deal. I, I still think we'll probably see a transfer running back in in those split times. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel a lot better about next year. I think originally, uh, when, when looking at next year, I was like, "All right, just make it to a bowl game, uh, and then and then try to hit the ground running again in 2024." Well, I mean, I, again, I'm not going to predict us to go to the Big 12 championship next year, uh, especially not until we see you know what happens in the portal. But there's no reason to just concede. Hey, let's win six and call it a good year. Um, especially with the pedigree and the the floor that Chris Kleiman has set up, I mean, why? I mean, I would pencil in eight wins because, again, at worst, the worst two seasons, uh, you know, Chris Kleiman. Now this is his third season where he has had a normal football season, and we already have ten wins. Hopefully, we get to thirteen. Um, but the other two seasons, it was eight eight wins. So I I see no reason to just be like, oh, yep. Six wins, whatever. Call it a day. No, I, I, I think, I think you have to expect at this point to get at least eight wins next year. You have Gene's checkbook. What are the average annual contracts you're writing for climbing Klein and Klanderman? <laughs> I mean, look, um, it's easy to spend other people's money. Uh and, and it's not even K-State Athletics money because it, it, it's going to be donor money. I, I Look, I, I would try to, I, if if I had the magic wand, if I if I had T. Boone Pickens money, if I was able, if, if I was a billionaire, a multi-billionaire, I would say, look, Joe Klanderman, Colin Klein, million-dollar coordinators, and, and Chris Kleiman, $6.5 million dollars. If I if I was a billionaire, if I was able to write those checks, that's what I'd be writing the checks for. You know that that's what I would do. If I if I was you know oil barren money, if my net worth was fifteen billion dollars, that's what I would do. Six point five, and then make them both million dollar coordinators. Callie Mike was your mark. Kind of low energy handing that trophy to Kleiman or what? What was his deal? No, that's just that's just that's just your mark being like a New York guy. He's trying to be calm, cool, collected. Uh, you know, he was right down in front of uh, my seats almost the entire game. We were hollering at him and we, we were trying to make him laugh, and he laughed a couple times. But that's just Brett Yormark. He's business as usual. Uh, there was no issues with him handing the trophy over to K-State. He was smiling. He was having a good time. I have no issues with that. That's just Brett Yormark, you know, thinking he's still, you know, in Brooklyn. Uh, it's okay to have a little emotion. It's okay to smile. Uh, no guy's going to come and try to whack you. 
You know, this it was Dallas. It was a Big 12 championship game. He wasn't at a Nets game. Everything was fine. I agree. Uh, but but I don't I, I I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. He's not going to he's not going to award a conference championship and be looking like you know a, a commissioner like uh, Roger Goodell smiling, handing it off to Clark Hunt or anything like that. Um, but I have no issue with it. Evan D. Shane Alanolak, who on the team are we expecting to miss with Sugar Bowl injuries? Um, the safeties. Uh, we're not going to have Kobe Savage, um, so I mean that sucks. But you know he's not going to come back. Um, you know I, I think Echo Boydo is going to be there. I think he's going to be ready. I think Malik Knowles is telling people he's going to be ready on Instagram Live. Um, I think Adrian is going to suit up. I would like him to get some plays out there because he's never been able to play in a bowl game. Um, Trying to think. Offensive line's all right. There won't be any sincere Mason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about it. I think I think just about everyone else. I mean, we're going to probably see some more transfers. We might see a couple opt-outs. Um, no Taylor Poitier, obviously. Um, but, yeah, Poitier, Savage, Mason. Those are the only ones I'm expecting um, of guys who have been contributors this season. Hoping everyone else is back. Hoping we don't see a lot of opt-outs or transfers either. I would love, guys, I would love to beat Alabama. Um, Paracat Ryan. See, this is this is uh, this is funny because it is uh, direct uh, conflict with Cali Mike. But he asked if K-State is your Mark's favorite school. I think so. He was smiling. He was giving me thumbs up when me and my buddies were hollering at him before the game. We were throwing up the Rock Nation sign. I think he likes K-State. Again, I think he was. I, I think he's just you know stone cold on camera, and that's why he was uh, looking like he was when he handed over the uh, trophy. And what's a bathing ape, and why should I care? Uh, so that's the streetwear brand that did a collaboration with the Big 12. They did two t-shirts on their website. Uh, that was the kind of like camo looking logo on the field and on a couple different, uh, you know, I think some of the chain gang folks had that logo on their bibs. Um, it's just a marketing thing. Again, the whole younger, cooler, hipper, um, doing a, a deal with a, a collaboration with a street brand. I mean, I, I guarantee uh, it made some ripples in some circles that, you know, old white guys aren't going to care about. You know, this is Brett Yormark doing some small things that really weren't that noticeable unless you were looking for them that is going to at least have folks talking like, oh, hey, do you know this was a thing? I think we'll see more of it to come, but I think it was done pretty well. That's just me. All right, PC Riley asks, Snyder's failure was to elevate or even maintain the talent after the 2003 uh, Big 12 title. Uh, that led to his downfall. Will Kleiman upgrade recruiting and talent, or will it mostly stay the same? No, Kleiman is going to continue to upgrade. This is not going to be a ceiling. This is not going. This is just the beginning for Chris Kleiman. Again, I think we will become the premier football brand and school in the new Big 12. I think we will be in the 12-team playoff multiple times. 
I think this is only the beginning. Chris Kleiman is just at the beginning of his career. Bill Snyder was only a couple years away from retiring after that first Big 12 title. So I don't think we're going to see anything close to that, you know, falling off a cliff. Uh, we're not going to have the 04 or 05 type season from Chris Kleiman. No, I, do, I don't see that com- happening. Nick the Coffee Fiend, uh, did you find any good coffee shops on my travels? Uh, there was one in Fort Worth that I went to on Friday. I cannot remember the name of it, Nick. I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to find a receipt or something from it and let you know. But I was driving all over the Metroplex on Friday. Um, I was not a good steward of the environment. I drove around a lot. I was staying like in Plano. I went to breweries in Dallas. I was getting cocktails in Arlington. I got lunch in Arlington, got coffee in Fort Worth. I was driving all over the place on Saturday, so or on Friday. So I was not a good steward of the environment. Uh, Casey asks, is there a better comeback story than Will Howard? Struggling the previous two years, then coming back, and uh, and then his development has been crazy. He obviously fits better in the Klein offense. Um, no, I, I, I think that has to be one of that has to be one of the best stories in all of college football, the redemption of Will Howard. Um, and I'm looking forward to him having the entire offseason being QB1 and seeing what next year will look like. I, I'm excited for it, but but the redemption of Will Howard, the cult hero status now of Will Howard, um, it, it has to be one of the greatest stories in college football this year. And when you really think about it, has to be one of the better stories in the history of K-State football as well. A guy that everyone had written off and then comes in and leads K-State to only their third Big 12 championship. I mean, good for the kid, good for Will Howard, and honestly, good for K-State. Uh, Cole Hager asks, does this cement Deuce's legacy in the same tier as Sproles, Klein, and Bishop? 100%. Um, So I think all three of those guys got Heisman votes. Actually, I'm positive all three of those guys got Heisman votes. I think all three of those guys finished at least top five in the Heisman. Uh, Deuce is not going to get any Heisman votes this year. I think he might. I don't know if he got any last year. Um, But he's not going to get any Heisman votes um, and honestly, I think I think that's a product of Adrian Martinez getting a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Um, I think if his touchdown numbers were better, I think if he had, uh, you know, the the touchdown numbers he had last year, I, I think he probably would be getting Heisman votes. Uh, but but it doesn't matter. Uh, he is one hundred percent on that same uh, same tier as the all time greats. I I don't think you can make a top ten list of K State football players without putting Deuce Vaughn on that list. Without a doubt. There is no chance. He was a consensus All-American last year. He has led the team in rushing. He's led the team in receiving. Um, he, he is a do-it-all back. He, all conference, all three years he's been at K-State, he, without a doubt, is on that God-level tier of K-State football players. And and I I will not listen to anyone who tries to say differently. Uh, Nick the Coffee Fiend asks, Why is it that certain fans from a certain school down the road can't accept us winning a conference title? Look, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. The fact that Iowa State fans and Kansas fans are acting the way they are on the internet 
tells you all you need to know about how much they are afraid and how scared they are of Chris Kleiman staying at K-State and what he's able to do with K-State. Iowa State fans thought when they had Matt Campbell and Bill Snyder retired, they finally got the upper hand on us. KU fans thought that they were closing the gap. But there are levels to this shit. Iowa State still has never had a 10-win season. The last time they won a conference title, indoor plumbing wasn't even a thing. I don't know if that's actually true, but I think it was pre-World you know, World War One. And now they just saw, during their golden window, us get 10 wins, win the Big 12, and we're a bowl win away from 11 wins, and what would be a top eight final ranking. KU finally thinks, oh, we're going to a bowl. Oh, we've closed the gap. This and that, this and that. No. We still played a C minus game and beat them by 20, and then we're winning a trophy. That's why KU and Iowa State fans are acting like that. It's because they finally ended up thinking that they closed the gap or got the upper hand, and then they're realizing, well, shit, we haven't. Mike Smith, over, under, how many years this game took off your life? Opening line set at 10 years. Oh, I was up and down. I was up and down. I thought I was going to throw up. I don't know how many years it took off my life, but it was an emotional roller coaster, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Cameron Hale. We going to start talking about this team's potential to go back-to-back now or wait until after the new year? Um, we have to see what happens in the portal. We have to see what happens in the portal. We have to see if anyone uh, decides to stay. I, I've been pretty adamant that I thought that there were going to be at least three guys who leave early to go to the NFL draft. Um, there's at least some folks who are out there talking, wanting people to believe that, hey, maybe none of them go pro early. I don't know. I'm going to have to see it to believe it with all three of them. Um, But if if that were to happen, if all of a sudden, you know, none of these guys end up going pro early, some of these seniors come back for their super senior season, uh, none of these juniors, let me me be frank there. Um, Some of these seniors come back for their super senior season. You have a good run in the portal. Uh, then maybe, maybe we're going back to back. But I, I need to see what what everything looks like, you know, <laughs> going into spring ball, let alone going into, you know, fall camp. So we'll see. Who is more impressive this year, Klanderman or Klein? Colin Klein, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I was nervous about it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't... Actually, I, you know, I came around on the hire. I, I will come around on every hire. That's where I am. I'm, I'm never going to be that guy who hates hires after it happens, like more than like a day or two. Um, I came around on it. Uh, things were looking rough in the non-con. Then, boom, conference play happens. I knew Joe Klanderman could be elite. I knew Joe Klanderman could be a top 15 defensive coordinator in the country. 
I didn't think we were going to see this type of offense from Colin Klein. Now, was it perfect every single game? No. But he had some absolute master classes of games. He had moments of brilliance in almost every single game. And you can just see it on the field. You can see him being a chess master. So I, I 100% am more surprised and pleased with Colin Klein. Before we get going, we're almost at the hour mark. I know it's going to be a long one. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't like going over an hour, especially on the Q&A shows. But remember, we're also sponsored by charliehustle.com. They're currently doing their 12 days of deals. They just dropped a Jay Rieger company t-shirt. They have all sorts of great sweats, joggers, crewnecks, hoodies they have beanies they have all sorts of accessories and of course they have the most stylish and comfortable officially licensed k-state apparel i saw all sorts of folks rocking their charlie hustle down there in fort worth in dallas in arlington in plano all across the metroplex and i know i'm gonna see a lot this sunday in bramlage coliseum as well all right uh the next question from greg when is the last time a first-year coordinator won a conference championship in the Big 12? Oh, man. I ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Who was, uh, who, who was uh, Lincoln Riley's offensive coordinator when he won it the first time? I don't know. I'm sure it's happened. I didn't do my research. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, was that one of the more balanced team wins you can remember? Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, etc. cetera. Uh, that's from Zach Llewellyn. Um, no, um, and it sucks. I, I, I hate to bring this up. Um, but when you have a game-changing, altering uh, turnover on special teams um, like you did in the punt return game, um, no. Because ultimately... We had some good returns, and we had some good punts, but we also failed to down the ball inside the two when we should have. So special teams was not perfect uh, by any means. You had a handful of mistakes there. And defense, look, you know, you you held a Heisman contender uh, to 28 points. after I, I think it was Cole Manbeck who had this stat. After starting off two, for, two of two, Two for two, so perfect on the first two third downs. We didn't give up another third down conversion rest of the game. Uh, but TCU had a lot of big plays. We did let them march down, score right towards the end of the game, and hit a two-point conversion right at the end. Um, I, I I don't think so. I, I, I don't think I can say, oh, this was like a perfectly balanced game. I think all assets of the game, facets of the game, not assets, all facets of the game had passing grades for sure, um, but... but but I don't, I don't think I. They all had big moments. They all had big moments. But again, it wasn't like this perfect, perfectly executed game by any means. Um, and that's what makes this team so good. It wasn't a perfect game. It was not a perfect game, and you still gave TCU their first loss of the season. You still brought home a Big Twelve championship. Uh, Prince of Ag asks. With the tra trajectory of this program and Kleiman's ability to get this team pumped up and ready to win huge games, is a national title something we could see someday? Look, <laughs> I'll change my tune. I th There's no sense, and in, in, in I'm going to contradict everything I said earlier in this show. Because, it, because Chauncey isn't going to stop me. 
Anything is possible. Chris Kleiman is one of the top 20 best coaches in college football. He 100% is. And I believe in his ability to find other good coaches to continue to maximize the talent on this team. There is no sense in saying never. There is no sense in saying it is impossible or any of that type of stuff. Would I predict it? No, I would not. I would predict multiple Big 12 championships. I, I would predict Chris Kleiman, when his time at K-State is done, will have won the Big 12 more than Bill Snyder did. So he's going to win it at least two more times. I would predict that he makes it to the playoffs, maybe even making it to the semifinal. I would not predict a national title, but there's no sense in saying never. There's no sense in saying it's impossible. And again, I know this contradicts what I was saying earlier, but when you do have a coach at, at the quality of Chris Kleiman, when he's shown the ability to get talent in here via high school recruiting, via the portal, and via developing these diamonds in the rough, there's no sense in saying never. There's no chance in saying it can't happen. So again, I know it's kind of contradicting the wet blanket I was throwing earlier in the show, uh, but it is what it is. I'm just a fan with a microphone. Why is Nick Saban so afraid to play K-State? Asked Jordan X Ema. It is funny uh, to see... Nick Saban, and I wish I had the tweet right in front of me, but uh, someone tweeted out, it's pretty sad that the best college football coach in the history of the game, his only argument as to why his team should be in the playoff is the same as Roll Tide 69. Um, it, it was funny. I understand why Nick Saban was out there politicking, trying to get his team in the playoff, but his arguments were just whack. And it was funny. I hope we beat them. I really do. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how many opt-outs they have, how many and uh, you know NFL guys, how many transfers. Um, we'll see. Alabama does not always get up for these bowl games if it's not in the playoff. I would love to beat them, and I don't care the circumstances. Zach Llewellyn asks, Derek Young pointed out single games don't necessarily move the needles like you'd think, but with three true freshmen and a handful of redshirt freshmen making meaningful impacts in this game, do you think it can uh, spark uh, be the spark that lifts upcoming classes? Look, it wasn't just this game where we had these true freshmen and redshirt freshmen playing. They've been doing it all year. So again, it's not just this one game, but but it does put an exclamation point on it. It does put an exclamation point on it. And again, we might see a couple massive wins right before early signing day. We might see a flip or two right before signing day. And winning a Big 12 championship sure doesn't hurt, especially with some of those young kids. But we've been doing it all season long. This was not a one-time thing. Kyle asks, how many Bucky stops did you wish, uh, or how many Bucky stops do you wish you could have made on the way to Arlington? I've never been in a Bucky's. Never been in a Bucky's. Uh, the Curtis Dawson, who sticks around? I have no idea. Um, we had four transfers in day one of the portal. I'm sure we'll see some more. Uh, I'm sure, I, I would guess we're going to see some NFL guys. Um, I'm not sure. I think it would be reckless for me to make um, any more. I mean, 
look, I, I think Deuce Vaughn, Cooper Beebe, and Felix Anudike Uzama are going to go to the NFL. I think they're going to go and try to get drafted, start their professional careers. There's been whispers about maybe all three of them come back. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's been whispers that maybe Echo comes back, maybe Philip Brooks, maybe KT Lev. I don't know. I, I truthfully don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll be talking about it. We'll be covering it. Titans be damned if you could set the playoffs and New Year's Six Bowls for the most interesting matchups. How would they look? I actually, honestly, I actually actually love the playoffs and the New Year's Six. I, I, I would not make any changes. I think that this is going to be a very fun bowl season. And I love bowl season. If anyone says they love college football but then turn around and say, oh, there's too many bowls. Oh, I don't like bowl season. They're a narc in a suit. I love them all. I think it's going to be a very fun, you know, college football playoff. I think it's going to be a great New Year's Six Bowl season. I think it's going to be a great bowl season as a whole. Shout out to all of our KU friends who have to go to Memphis and deal with the rabies-infected feral hog people. Thoughts and prayers to KU fans. They're going to hate that. Chris asks, with players buying each other's merch and Platner's band pictures, is this the most entertaining K-State team outside of the games? Yes, I, I think this is the most likable, this is the most charismatic, this is the most fun team when you're looking at how they act in the media, on the sidelines, pre-game, post-game, social media, all of it. This is the most fun, most entertaining, most charismatic team in the history of K-State football. Off the field, pre-game, post-game, all that type of stuff. And I don't think any of them are pretty close. The 2012 team actually was a lot of fun, but I was in school at the same time with a lot of them, so that's probably skewed. But as an old guy, post-graduation, uh, there isn't a single team that comes even close to how much how much fun, charismatic, and entertaining this team is off the field. Chris also asked, did I cry on Saturday? No, but I thought I was going to throw up a couple times. Last handful of questions, this one from Alex. What will it take for K-State to get a national championship in football? I mean, I've touched on it. I, I think it's going to take uh, catching lightning in a bottle. I think you need a superstar, no doubt, Heisman contending quarterback. You're going to need blue chip guys at skill positions. You're going to have to coach them up and have some of the best guys in the trenches. And you're just going to have to have uh, an elite coaching staff. Again, I, I'm not going to say never. I'm not going to, you know, again, we've had four of these questions. Um, I'm contradicting what I was saying earlier. Uh, there, there's no reason to say it, it will never happen. It's going to be very tough, though. It is going to be very tough because, again, to have the quality of players all on your team, and here's the thing. We haven't seen it happen. Uh, we, we've been very fortunate not to have any of our best players poached, but that is going to be something that's going to uh, you know, become a thing, especially as more and more money is flooding into the SEC and Big Ten and the Big 12 while getting a good TV deal is falling farther behind those two conferences. 
it's going to be tough. But it, but it really is going to take Chris Kleiman continuing to be a great head coach, only getting better. It's going to take the entire coaching staff only getting better. It's going to take recruiting better uh, high school players. It's going to take recruiting better portal players. It's going to take retaining all of that talent and it's going to take developing all that talent and then lightning being caught in a bottle. It is going to have to be a lightning in a bottle situation to win a national title, to compete for a national title. Um, but I'm not going to be pessimistic an hour into a Q&A podcast like I was earlier. We've got three more. Uh, this one from Brian. How many Alabama players opt out of the bowl game? And how many of our seniors decide to use that COVID year? I don't have an answer. I, I mean, what, we, we've had like three or four COVID seniors every single year. Uh, so maybe three or four for us. I don't know how many Alabama players are going to opt out. Email Elvis, uh, if we put uh, this video on the boards when the Frogs play in the Big 12 next year, it's like a cat with the hypno eyes going on. I hate the hypno toad. Um, it started really becoming a thing. Right before we went down there, and then it exploded after that game. So much hitting the toad on the big screen. Whoever was running the big screen at AT&T Stadium, they can die. No, they, they shouldn't die. I take that back. But I hate them. They kept putting those stupid fucking hitting the toad videos on people's phones up there. Um, it, 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 that is like my only complaint about the Big 12 championship game. The TikTok girl who was presenting was awesome. She was very good at her job. Uh, you know, Ashanti singing the national anthem. The boxer doing the pregame flip. Uh, you know, the Bathe and Ape collaboration. All of it was great. Except for whoever was running the video board ran the TCU hype videos. Kept showing the hit and a toad on the big screen. Absolutely hate it. I hate it. Final one, SL Kak. He has two of them. Who is the most important player or coach to our success this season? Uh, you know, I I think it's Colin Klein. I, I think Colin Klein, especially when you saw um, him succeed wildly with both Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, that being him not only as a play caller, not only as offensive coordinator, but as a quarterback's coach, I think Colin Klein was the most important coach outside of Chris Kleiman um, for this team. Uh, so, yeah, and then what would the line be if we played T TCU again tomorrow? I think it would have to be K-State minus one and a half. I think these teams are very even, but we've seen that K-State has had momentum. K-State has been on the verge of making these games a blowout. And then something momentous happens that shifts it to TCU, a uncharacteristic muffed punt. Uh, knocking out half of the team. And hell, K-State had so many guys hurt and banged up, not only coming into this game, but during this game. And we found a way to do it. Um, so TCU is truly is kind of a team of destiny, but we're the better team. Um, so if this was played again on a neutral field, I think it'd be K-State one and a half. Um, so that's all we have. Again, this is a long Q&A, um, a rambling Q&A. But we're Big 12 champions. This is what happens when you win a Big 12 championship. Everyone's asking questions. So that's all we have. Whew. I'm going to have to crack me another Manhattan Brewing Company beer and put on one of my comfortable Charlie Hustle crew necks. 
and call it a night. So for all the Big 12 champions in the world, for my co-host, the best dog in the world, Chauncey the Wonder Pup, we love you guys, and go Cats. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling three French hens, turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Christmas, my true love gave to me. Ladies dancing, seven ladies dancing, milky ladies dancing, five. You better not shout. You better not cry. You better not. In a pear tree on the ninth, no. on the eighth, oh, right. on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Seven we comes a swimming six, he's a so five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. Here we come a boar's head, and there I be decked with base and partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Eleven pipers piping, ten loads of leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids and milking, seven swans are swimming, six geese are laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay, and hey, when it's dry whoa, and ready, whoa, whoa, a dreidel I shall play. Whoa, whoa, oh, dreidel! Twelve days of Christmas. What? Yeah, Christmas. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Oh, it's a Christmas medley. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me. Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti. Eleven pipers piping, ten lords Network.